unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. All right. Good evening, everybody. So we're going to hit the ground running here. Um, like I've stated on all the different platforms, this is their forum tonight. They have the floor to say whatever they feel they need to say. Um, you know, I will interject if you guys have questions or, you know, thoughts that you want to add to the conversation. So tonight we have Dr. Jerry Carbo with us again. We also have Jana and Erica, who are the organizers for Justice for Evan. Uh, I hope everybody got to see the interview with Evan's girlfriend, Amy. Um, I think it's very vital that everybody check that out for context. Uh, you know, she has a story to tell too. So having said that, um, which one of you want to go first? Steve, thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for donating your time. Uh, we know that you do this all from the goodness of your heart and for workers. Um, and thank you so much for the amazing job that you did in putting Amy Chamberlain at ease during her interview so that she could truly share Evan and the life that was stolen from her, from the Seyfried family, from the world. And it's so important for everyone to know the life that was taken from this world. Evan was an incredible human being and his abusers had no regard for his life, the people who loved him and the impact that he would have made on the, in the world for the rest of his life. Less than half of his life, most likely, he got to live on this earth. And when he was being abused, no one had any regard. No one thought he has a mom, he has a dad, he has a girlfriend, he has a life, he's a person. He was treated like an animal. He was treated horribly. The union didn't protect him. He was completely failed by everyone. The company that he was loyal to for 19 years of his life completely failed him. They brought an unknown abuser from another company no one knew at Kroger, put her above him so that she could just rain holy terror on him. And that's exactly what she did for six months. And she had zero regard for life. And we want to make sure that she, the other manager who was involved, and that whole ring of a mob that gang stalked him for six months relentlessly knows the life that they took from this earth. And I hope and I know that they are watching right now. And to every one of you, and you know exactly what you did, and we know what you did, you will pay. You should not even have a moment's peace in your life because what you did to the Seyfried family, you stole all peace that they made for themselves. They made their life a beautiful life that they had made for themselves, this incredible family. They had an incredible son in Evan. You stole it from them. 
We will never, never let anyone forget his life. We will never let you forget what you did to him and them and Amy and all of us. We will never let you live another day on this earth without remembering that you stole Evan Seyfried's life. He would have been 41 years old on February 11th. And to Kroger Corporate, we hope that all of you corporate Kroger employees are watching this as well. All the emails that you all have sent to us saying, we support you, but we're not going to step out of those and speak up. To all of you, you're cowards. Silence is complicity. And if you don't come out of the shadows, how is it going to change? You can sit up there in your offices making salaries and making 900 times what employees who are on the front lines, just like Evan Scott Seyfried was. He never missed a day of work. He had a plantation in June. He had bought a plane ticket to go and see his brother in Oregon, his favorite place in the world, to go and hike with his brother. So while all of you corporate and Kroger employees are sitting up there in your high tower planning your vacations with all the money you make, I hope when you sit on the beach and you're staring out there, somehow you see his face. And we are going to make you pay and we are never going away, ever. And that's exactly what Kroger wants. They think that they could just bully to death an employee and that nothing would be done. And they thought they could never say anything because they have yet to say anything. The union has yet to say anything. No one from Kroger has said anything about this. No one. Not one person. Not one person from the union. Not one person from Kroger. They know this happened. They know this happened. And they're not doing anything. They haven't come to the Seyfried family. Not one person. Not one from corporate Kroger employees, not, or, nor in the store except for the frontline workers. The frontline workers are the only people who are brave enough to stand up and say, this is what's happening, and this is what's happening to happen to Evan, and this is what's happening to tons of Kroger employees. And these frontline workers are the only ones who are brave enough to stand up. And if the Kroger employees, core Kroger employees, were willing to stand up, let the heads roll. No, no change is going to happen unless people stand up. So what are we doing? We are standing up. We are standing up for Evan. We are being his voice. And we are never going away. And for anyone who's new to following Justice for Evan and learning about what happened to Evan, Please get on the Facebook page. Look at all the pictures that we've posted since July. Pictures of his with him with his beautiful family and the plans that he had made. And, and look back at, at all of the things that, that and to all of you corporate, uh, corporate people who haven't been following the page, go back, look at his life and look at everything that we have done for him. What are you doing for him? He was putting money in your pockets. He's the person who is putting money in your pockets. What have you done for him? What have you done? We're here doing this all the time. This is what we do now. We all have jobs. We all have full-time jobs. But what are we doing? Now we've picked up another full-time job so that we can stand up for the workers that you all should be standing up for. Shame on you, Kroger. Shame on all you corporate 
Kroger employees, shame on you, Rodney McMullen. You saw me, Rodney McMullen, in the store that day. I came to see you at the Newport Pavilion Kroger, and you were such a coward. You couldn't come up and talk to me yourself. You sent some, a middleman, a bodyguard, to step in. You looked right at me. You didn't know who I was at first. You just saw some lady come into the store and your eyes sparked up. And then you realized who I was. And fear wreaked havoc. Fear. I wasn't afraid of you. You have no power over us, none. And we're going to be in your face until your company changes. And if it doesn't, then all your corporate employees are going to get you out. Because you know what? They're not loyal to you. We get messages from them. They know exactly the type of person who you are. And so do we. And so does everybody else. And that's exactly why Evan Seifry was bullied to death. It's because those people who bullied him to death, they knew the type of company that they're working for. A horrible company. When, when are you going to take accountability for what's happening? Evan Seifried never missed a day of work. He was planning on retiring in 10 years. You know why? Because he started getting seeing what was happening. Ever since Rodney McMullen became the CEO of Kroger in 2014, it has completely gone down the toxic crap hole. It's how embarrassing it is for Cincinnatians where Kroger started. We were all so proud. Everyone was so proud to work at Kroger. You worked your way up. And that's what Evan Seifried did. He worked his way up. He was an exemplar employee. He was a tremendous employee. He was never written up. He never failed an audit. I mean, what the heck? Look at look, look at the lawsuit. Six months, child pornography sent to his phone, expired product on his shelves. It was isolation, sabotage, stalking, all because one manager, one manager was hired without anybody checking why she was fired from another store. She was fired from another store for harassing employees. Kroger hired her over Evan. The first conversation that she ever had with him, she told him she had a bad day. And as soon as she, she became the store manager and he went to introduce and she said, I've had a bad day. It's not the time. That was his first interaction with Shannon Frazee. You know what? When Evan has been... You know, the ahead, one thing Steve. I want to add, you know, you're talking about the sabotage. You know, we've discussed this, you know, ad nauseum, you know, on offline chats. I don't think people really understand the depths of what they were doing just inside the store. The amount of work that these people were putting forward to sabotage, you know, his department and whatnot is just, I mean, we're talking like, that's almost like a full-time job just going behind and wrecking what he was doing. And when he, you're at a point where you've got to take a picture of every four foot section you do because of people doing this unbeknownst to you, targeting you says, you know, there is no culture in that store. I mean, it's nothing but pure toxicity. There was a solid agenda that she had. And thanks to my partner, Erica, we've put the entire agenda together. And all you people who are in on that agenda, we know who you are, you know who you are, and none of you all are hiding either. 
So Shannon Frazee was, she can't do her own dirty work. She has to put other people up to it. So that's what she was doing at work, was strategizing on how to make Evan's life a living hell, to make him quit, but she had no, she didn't care, she didn't care what happened to him. She didn't care if he quit after his 19 years of being an incredible employee at Kroger. She didn't care if he lost his home because then he didn't have a job, a home that he had worked so hard for. She didn't care that it ruined his entire work at, at all. And she didn't care that he killed himself. And she still doesn't care. She doesn't care. She did not have any regard for life whatsoever. And you're right, Steve. She put full-fledged, he was the target, and she made sure that every single thing, because he was a perfect employee, a per everyone was like a perfect person. <sighs> he was an incredible human. He was an incredible human being. Exactly the opposite of what Kroger is and exactly the opposite of what Shannon Frazee and Joseph Big and the other people who are involved. Evan was, ex it was exactly the opposite from what they are. And we really want people to know too, Evan is not Kroger. Evan is nothing like Kroger. Kroger is horrible. They are scum of the earth. They are a representation of exactly what's wrong in the world. And Evan was exactly what is right in the world. And he was the pinnacle of what is right in the world. And we will never let him be forgotten. Now, uh, something had come over through the chat. And this is something I think, you know, we're probably going to touch on as well. And we, we've discussed this, and, and any of you feel free to, to chime in on this. You know, he went to his union reps, and his union reps failed him immensely. Yes, he was completely ignored. He went through the exact chain of commands. He wrote the proper report. Nothing was done. Nothing. Nothing was done. That report was never filed, ever. The union completely failed him entirely. And as far as I'm concerned, those 19 years of union dues should be paid to the Cypher family from the union. That's stealing. They're stealing. And they're still stealing from these employees. Union 75 has not stepped up one single bit to say what they're going to do to protect their employees. Yeah, and I just, you know, to to maybe jump in there for a minute, if it's okay, I think it, it brings up a really good point, uh, you know, that there are lots of things that could have and should have been done. And, and so people, so just so, so people understand, you know, this isn't anything that's new in, in for the corporate world. This isn't anything that managers don't understand. I mean, the research on workplace bullying is is decades old at this point. So this this excuse that we oftentimes hear from uh, corporations and from managers as well as from unions that, you know, we just don't know how to deal with it or, or we don't know what we could have done is just no longer a legitimate excuse. And um, there are so many things and, and really easy things that, that Kroger's could have done you know, they, they should have had a strong policy. It should have come from the top of the organization. They should have, you know, a, a decent reporting system so that everybody feels comfortable reporting these events. And then, and then it should be taken seriously. And I think, Steve, in the interview with Amy earlier, you, you touched on a great point. You know, I think we're at the point in time where this is so 
endemic of, of the American workplace that we have to go to a system where we have third parties that are handling these complaints because it doesn't happen when corporations take them on. You know, it's, it's a task that's oftentimes assigned to HR and that's even, that's when it's good when it's assigned to HR. It's bad, but I'm, when, I'll tell you what I mean by when it gets even worse. When it's assigned to HR, it's a CYA type of thing, right? They, they just don't want to be sued. They want to protect themselves and they do the bare minimum. And typically they're going to be protecting the bully more oftentimes than they're, they're protecting the target. Um, but even worse, what I've seen occur over the past 20 years is they've gone to defense counsel and bring them in. And, and, and even when they do investigate, and then the investigation becomes an interrogation of the target. Because again, all they want to make sure of is let's drive this target out of here before we get sued. And, you know, and, and it's, we, we need to put an end to it. And, and we know what the steps are. We know what Kroger's could have done. And exactly right, shame on Local 75, because we know what they could have done too. You know, it's not hard to have anti-bullying uh, language in bylaws. It's not hard to make that a focus of negotiations. It's not hard, even when you don't have it, to take some really just basic humanistic steps that we should expect from unions. Listen to your members. Believe your members. So oftentimes, unions don't want to believe their members about this. Why are they even acting as representatives when they won't believe? Affirm what the members are saying. You know, give them that affirmation that, yes, this is real, because I can tell you targets, the first thing that they think of is this is my fault and they lose that esteem and then just support them the way that you're supposed to, which includes defending them, but then also protecting them. And, and those steps are really easy and they could have taken that. So local 75 to me is just as culpable um, as Kroger's is and Kroger's is extremely culpable uh, from, you know, the, the management in the store up through the CEO. And, and if they're not held responsible, I hope every Kroger's employees, employee understands this will spread and will become endemic within Kroger's and nobody will be immune from it. HR folks who think, well, this doesn't bother me, it will, and it will spread. And we know that that's what happens when these things are not addressed the way they should be. already is endemic. I mean, it's a cancer. It's a virus that runs pretty rampant through a lot of corporations, too many. And, um, you know, it's the, the funny thing about this is those that are in higher positions think that they're, quote, safe. But they're not. There's no safe zone for them. I mean, they're just as disposable. Just as disposable as the next guy. And that's something to keep in mind. As sad as that is, it's definitely something to keep in mind and be aware of. You know, Jerry, you, you brought up a good point. And this, I just want your thoughts on this real quick. You made the, the point that HR typically is protecting the bully. So from where I sit and, and what I've seen, that is 100% correct because I feel like that they're protecting the bully because typically they're salaried managers and they're really focused on just protecting their cash investment in that person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a big part of it. And another big part of it is it's control, you know, workplace bullying. Is, the reality is this is a great way to control 
uh, uh, people. And this relationship is always about control. And for management, they never want to give up any level of control, including, you know, uh, addressing a bully who's able to, in essence, use these terrible tactics to control their workers. And, you know, and, I, and it goes right, part of that goes back to, to what Jana said, which is uh, uh, an incredibly astute statement that so often workers, they're not viewed as humans. They're not treated as humans. And a big part of that is too often that man managers are narcissistic, sadistic, opportunistic, and even psychopathic. And, and, and that's literal. literal. Mm -hmm. uh, Nathan Brooks, a forensic psychologist in uh, 2016, did a study and found that the rate of psychopathy or psychopathic traits in the general public is about one in a hundred. A lot higher than probably many of us would think it would be. But when we look at upper management, those rates become as high as 21 in 100. And, and so often it's those psychopathic managers that are promoted, that are left in positions, and then it becomes part of the company's culture and it spreads quickly. And, and, and to Erica's point, nobody, nobody is safe from it when it becomes that way. And, you know, part of what we want to do at NWBC is we want to put an end to it. And, you know, and, and really, you know, while, uh, it is shameful what Kroger's and Local 75 have done. You know, I think all of us here are also of the position that, hey, we want to make sure it never happens again. And so we, we're offering that out to Kroger's uh, right now. You know, we will, we will help them and it's on them to say, you know, we don't want the help. And we're offering that to Local 75 right now as well. They can email uh, the Workplace Bullying Coalition and I'll be on the phone with them tomorrow if they're, they're ready to step up and make sure this never happens again. Um, Jana and Erica, we had a comment come through from Irish Connection, and I think you two would be the authority on this. Said, have Evan's coworkers been supportive to your campaign? <laughs> well, his, his friends. Depends on who you ask. Yeah. So, um, I'm happy to, to start the, the answer to that. Um, Evan had several very good friends at work. Um, all of his friends have been incredibly supportive. Um, the store management, the people who, I mean, obviously, they're not supportive at all. I went into the store to pass out buttons that Amy Chamberlain, Evan's girlfriend, had gotten for us, um, the Justice for Evan buttons, not to antagonize nor harass Shannon Frazee, but to provide support for the employees. And when I offered buttons, at first they, they, they just thought, oh, this lady's handing out buttons for something, and then they realized what it was for, and they, oh, they, it was like they, the buttons were on fire. No, we can't take those. And the next thing you know, they're calling Shannon Frazee over the intercom that she's in the store. She's in the store. And after her skirting around me, you know, from like around the peripheral of the store, um, she sent a very young employee who came up to me sheepish, sheepishly and said, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And I was like, did Shannon Frazee just send you to ask me to leave? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. And I said, I have every right to stay in the store and pass out buttons to support Evan's coworkers and his friends who are here in this store. 
And I said, but would it make your job, is your job going to get hard if I don't leave? And he said, yes. And I said, she's going to give you a hard time if I don't leave. And he said, yeah. And I said, for you, I will leave. It is not for her, but tell her I am taking my time. And as when my back was to her and I was exiting the store, then she yelled at me to leave. I, as I'm, my back was to her and I'm through the doors and then she yells at me to leave. I mean, she is such an, such a coward. I mean, this woman is such a coward. And so answering the, our, the supporter's question, and thank you, supporter, for our person who asked the question. Um, the people who worked under Evan, we have gotten so many messages from them of the extreme respect that they had for him and that nothing but kind words from other people who worked with him and from other stores as well, employees who worked with him from past stores, because Evan was always willing to transfer. That's why he was at the store. That's why he was at the Milford store, because he transferred because a friend of his asked him if he would transfer to Milford. And he said, sure, even though it was like a nine mile further drive from his home. He said that he would, so to, because that that is the other man who was working at Milford wanted to transfer stores, so Evan volunteered. That's why he was working under Shannon Frazee. He was working there when she came onto the store. So we've got many messages from employees, I'm, I'm, and I'm really glad that this question was asked because it, I mean, we may not have addressed it during this podcast about the ex- extreme amount of kind words that we have received about Evan from people who worked with him in the past and from customers. And guess how many we've gotten about Shannon Frazee? Guess how many negative messages we've gotten about Shannon Frazee? (laughs) The list is endless. We have gotten, and we're a public platform. I mean, we're out there. You know, and if, if anybody looks back on the page, we, we have public events. We have, you know, we're, con- we're always doing something. We're always out there. We've been out there since day one, mid-July. Um, anyone can always message us. We've got no good comments about Joseph Pig or Shannon Frazee. The opportunity that has given people to feel safe, to come forward about their horrific stories, about these abusers, and not one good thing. Even people in their personal lives message us and say, these people are horrible and we cannot believe that they were actually, they're, they're actually managers of Kroger. Like, we can't believe that these people got, these people, we know these people. These are horrible people. <laughs> when we hear from neighbors, we hear from people who know them. We can't call these people their friends because as far as we know, these people have no friends because no one has come to their defense at all. No one. And we blast them. We blast them on social media. I stand outside with a sign that says Joseph Pig is a sexual harasser and Kroger doesn't do anything about it and plastered all over the place. And not one person comes to his defense, not even anybody who works for Kroger. The only thing we get is a flood of messages from young girls saying, me too, me too, me too, me too. And Joseph Pig said to Evan, because Evan had 
when Joseph Pig was working in the store with Evan, Evan's co-workers, female co-workers, had reported Joseph Pig for sexually harassing them. They had reported him. Nothing was done. The harassment continued. I mean, what? What? You know, this does not take rocket scientists, Kroger corporate employees. What are you thinking? So it, they came to Evan because he was always known to help. Evan would help in any situation. He would stop what he was doing and help unload a truck. He would always do lifting. He helped in, in any way, any way at all. Evan was known as always, always being there. Evan was an incredible listener. Evan was an incredible person. And he was the same way when all the time. Evan was consistent all the time. He was an incredible person in his personal life and in his work life. To him, it was one and the same. You're a good person or you're a bad person. So Now, to your point, his, um, I want to share with you a comment that was left when I first started, you know, posting the Justice for Evan movement on our Retail Warzone fan page. Um, what had happened is somebody had left a comment saying that they missed Evan and they missed his leadership. And that speaks volumes if you have someone, you know, mentioning the term leadership. So that meant that, you know, he was a mentor to people. Absolutely, he was. And that these girls came to him for help because they, he, they knew he would help them. And so he reported Joseph Pig. Joseph Pig was transferred to another store so that he could abuse the girls there. And then transferred back. And when he was transferred back to Milford, he cornered Evan and said, I've been reported before. I'll be reported again. Nothing's ever happened to me. And nothing's going to happen to me. And now I'm going to make your life a living hell. Pretty much what you called out there, Jerry, so, with, um, the narcissism. Yeah. It definitely fits fits that that vein, and I and I would just add, you know, uh, you know, another thing that that Kroger's corporate really needs to think about in this conversation is that Evan not only did the right thing, but I, I used to be on the other side of the table, and I used to be in HR, by the way, uh, with with um, a couple of different uh, Fortune 50 companies, and, and he he really did what I would expect of my managers by bringing these complaints yes. forward and you know uh and so for this to lead to retaliation kroger's just they are setting themselves up for failure in so many ways and so many problems you know uh, throughout the organization and you know they just there's no reason for them not to correct this um we're going to force them to correct it. They're not going to have a choice. I mean, we're going March 9th. March 9th then took his life just this past spring, just this past spring. And we're working with the National Workplace Bullying Coalition. Thank you, Jerry, for being the president of and uh, your team that you have there. And we're working closely with them. And we're going to get legislature platforms passed in all 50 states under the Dignity at Work Act that's going to make it illegal that what happened to Evan and which it's unbelievable that it's legal 
within companies, that companies would tolerate this at all, and that, that we, the people, have to stand up and do this ourselves. I mean, corporate Kroger, you know, Ronnie Mullen making $22 million a year and spending ridiculous money on that ridiculous advertising campaign with all those little cartoon creatures, and then he puts out this huge uh, list of ways to be resilient in the workplace, which I sent that to you, Steve, and it's, 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 it's laughable. I mean, Erica and I find so all these, and we get sent a lot of stuff. I mean, Kroger Corporate, if you think your employees are loyal to you, they're only there to get the benefits and the paycheck. They know you're a crappy company. We get all the inside stuff. They send it. How do you think we knew that you were in this Newport Pavilion store, Rodney McMullen? We got a phone call. To, to your point there, well, Jenna, on, they, on Kroger, you know, in general, Irish asked, um, to your, to your knowledge, are there other stores like Evans within Kroger that you guys have been alerted to? Tons. It's enterprise-wide. All over the country. And Kroger's in 35 states, which is a lot. And, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead, Jenna. It's just coming down from the top. It's coming down from the top. It's, it's not isolated at all in the Milford Kroger. Um, and we have, as Erica started, the Kroger Associates page on the Justice for Evan Facebook page. And it was literally, I mean, overnight that it was, it was overwhelming um, as Soon as we, I mean, and this was even before because we had a huge protest October the 16th on the courthouse steps of Hamilton County and we marched to Kroger Corporate. And this was even before any of our public campaigns really started, like, uh, you know, we, like, before we, but even before that, as soon as she started that Kroger Associates page and put that out there, it was just like this wave, this, just this wave of, not just, hey, something like this happened to me. It was, listen to my story. Listen to my story. Yeah. And it's not just small things. I mean, it will probably end up putting out a book, the, the toxic Kroger associate um, Speaking of those, yeah. um, Erica, you think, I guess yeah, I was say, go ahead and pull them up. Yeah. Yeah, right. go ahead. So Erica had compiled a lot of these and sent these to me today. And um, so... We'll go through them. Um, here we go. So these are all separate messages. Uh, first one, there are no metrics for ethics, lawfulness, or doing what's right. Kroger managers are promoted on the basis of unquestioning loyalty to their overlords. So surprise, they tend to not care. This is part of how a dangerous corporate culture is created, and we're soaking it in. The next one, they need to investigate this whole company because this is happening in a lot of stores. It used to be a good company, but the last few years has been horrible. Corporate knows, the union knows, and nothing is ever done about it. I hope there is justice for Evan. It's just sad someone had to lose their life for something to be done about the treatment of the employees in this company. As such, I actually very recently have filed a restraining order against said abuser, and I had to reach out to multiple witnesses and managers that did have my side just in case it was denied. The said abuser was someone, the store manager, dairy manager at Mulberry, and the assistant manager at the time all pushed me to date. He was 20 years old. I was 16. 
He was my quote unquote authority. Six months later, we got into it and people began witnessing it because, you know, the dramatics. And then the store manager and dairy manager all posed me as a problem and berated me in front of customers and would leave me in tears. Then one morning, the said abuser beat me up in the parking lot, smashed my face into the car window when he was dropping me off work. Wow. Uh, Another comment. Absolutely. I also have plenty to say about working with Evan, like how we talked about game theory, not the YouTube show, the field of mathematics, about how to always beat zero-sum games like chess or checkers and futurism. Next comment. Hi, I'm not sure who runs this page, but I just wanted to reach out and say I worked with Evan for years at the Anderson Township Kroger, and he was very much loved there by me and several other employees. He was truly amazing. We even have people, quite a bit of people from Australia, matter of fact, that have um, followed us. And um, yeah, Australia is like one of our Uber fans. So, uh, in reference to that, the one that you sent, this was an email sent to Friday to Kroger from Australia directly to Rodney McMullen. Rodney, it was quite. I was quite affected by the reading of the reasons for Evan taking his life. It appears that he was a dedicated employee doing his best for Kroger. From what I am following in the court case, there are many allegations of extreme workplace bullying that were taking place at Kroger. He appears to have followed the Kroger policies and procedures regarding reporting these. It further appears that these did not provide any help to him. I ask that you consider seriously how your company will manage this in a way that demonstrates understanding of the extremely serious effects workplace bullying had on Evan and also on current and future employees of Kroger. Um, Another one, uh, I went through a similar, albeit much more minor situation when I worked for Kroger in 2008. A supervisor did not like me and I was getting random threatening calls from unknown numbers. The supervisor was having an affair with a store manager who did nothing except put me on leave and essentially forced me to quit when I finally had enough and confronted the supervisor about the harassment. The supervisor gave out my personal information, referred to me as faggot and retard to other associates and tried to sabotage my work. Nothing was done. Yet the one day I finally stood up to her, I was in the wrong somehow. Another comment. I wanted to let you know you were doing a good job raising awareness and supporting Evan. Not everyone who is bullied from their coworkers and bosses receive support like this or justice. I hope Evan's family and friends get justice. Unfortunately, I know how he felt. My bullies were never punished or fired. This makes me so sad. I'm a retired Kroger employee, been retired for 11 years after working 44 years. The company today is not the one I worked for. I am so sorry about what happened to Evan. I can't believe people can be so cruel to others. Rest in peace, Evan. Uh, and it goes on and on. I mean, these were some very yeah. striking and and terrible, terrible comments. And, you know, obviously... You know, to your point, Erica, when you said it earlier, it is endemic. It's everywhere. Yeah. And it's, it's nothing new. I mean, it's it just seems to be running more rampant, especially um, since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, it's just heightened everything. Um, and it's made a lot of vile ugly people become even more vile and ugly. Um, the world is ugly enough and we don't need, <laughs> we don't need managers 
um, in a toxic work culture to, to add to that pile. Um, everybody has um, the right to dignity at work, and that is exactly what the Dignity at Work Act will do, among other things. It will close all of those gaps. There will be no loopholes. Just the fact that we're having this conversation now that this isn't already a law, you think it would be implied. I mean, this is the U.S. of A., you know, most industrialized nation in the world, apparently, still. And yet, here we are. You know, we're, for as advanced as we are, um, we're very regressed in, in, in our human interactions. Um, and the human condition is, um, it's in peril right now. And it needs to stop. It needs to change. And that starts with us as individuals um, just doing our part. Just be kind. It's not that difficult. Just be fucking kind. Um, it's not right. hard. And, and just to let everybody know, in the yes, in, in the description of the video, all the links for Dignity at Work, um, the NWBC, all of the Justice for Evan pages, they are there for you to go click and read through. And I implore all of you to read through it all. Not as long as the lawsuit, mind you, which was 30-some yes. pages. <laughs> it's not quite um, and it's not NSFW either. No, so. it is not. Um, and, and I have to say, yes, and when <laughs> Erica safe. sent me that, and I, I've got to say that you were 100% on point, Erica, you know, you told me in that email, once you read it, you're not going to be able to stop. <laughs> and it is just, right. it, can't look away, you know, yes. you can't help but look. It is. I mean, I read it twice. Um, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I thought it was like a movie script. I'm like this shit is not real. Like, what? so this is a really good question, and that's part of what still hard for me to wrap my head around. You know, it's still very difficult for me to wrap right. my head around. Um, which is exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. I mean, I consider myself like a, kind of an employee advocate slash liaison. Um, got a lot of time in retail myself, so. Um, and I'm good with, I'm good with people. Um, and I listen and these supporters, those that follow the page, they need a voice, especially those that have suffered, um, tremendous toxic, um, work environments, harassment, bully side, mobbing. Um, and I think that we are, and have been that outlet. We've been like the only outfit for so many people. I was very, not not shocked, a little surprised, but not surprised at the same time, you know what I mean? Um, but it's all just been very, um, listening to those people's stories or reading those people's stories has um, made me, you know, value things even more so. You, know, you gotta cherish what you have. Cherish the life that you have. Um because, as we know, Evan's life was cut tremendously short, and um, we just don't want it to ever happen again. So, and and you know, there there's a great comment that came through that references the work that all of you were doing. It says, as a parent, knowing that grocery stores in general are a common first job for many teens. I would want people to do the job you guys are doing to show how awful the Kroger culture is to prevent it to be the first job experience of anyone. 
Yeah, that's um, actually that's actually a good good point. I'm actually kind of glad that that was brought up because you know when you know I was a teenager, it was like well either a grocery store right or fast food. It's like hmm, do I want to come home smelling like this right. or bad groceries? So I opted for bad groceries. And I think it's a great point, too, in that, you know, as a parent of um, who, a couple of my kids are a little bit older, so I don't have to go through that again at this point. But uh, I've, my youngest one is just sort of getting to that age. You know, we, we don't think about the environment that we're putting our kids in. And, and there's a lot of this idea in the United States about this let's develop their work ethic, right? Which part of that is rather than allowing them to be kids, which I think is disappointing to begin with. But the industries that they tend to work in are some of the worst for things like harassment, sexual harassment, uh, as uh, was mentioned earlier at Kroger's, you know, the fast food industry, it's rampant there. Um, You know, the fast food industry is one of the, the most dangerous jobs, highest rates of injuries, you know, and so we really need to think about that. And we need to, if we are going to continue this route of sort of developing, you know, the the ability to work and those workplace skills for the for our children going into that, we need to do a lot, a lot to make the workplaces better in the United States. We, we are way behind uh, most other industrialized countries. Uh, I've got a question uh, from Irish Jerry that I think is right within your wheelhouse. He asked, what needs to change to stop this from happening again? Is it more about workplace toxic culture or legal regulations? So it, it's, it's really, um, it's really four, four things at least. And, and culture is number one, right? You have to get it out of the culture. You gotta, you gotta be signaling the right things instead of the wrong things. Kroger's signaling the worst things here. Keeping abusers in the workplace is a terrible signal for the rest of the organization and it creates a culture and nothing's going to change that culture, you know, once it's embedded. Um, But when we're looking at this at the macro perspective, we need three big steps. We we need uh, one, strong law with strong enforcement. Right. It's not enough to have laws on the books. We have Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. Uh, workplace harassment under that, based upon protected statuses, has been unlawful for 30 years. We, it's still rampant in the United States. So the law needs to have strong enforcement. We need to to, to uh, uh, fund it the way it needs to be. We need strong la- a strong labor movement that's focused on what they should be focused on, and that is protecting their members. It is about the day-to-day protection of members and assuring their dignity. So we need to fix the labor movement and then build the labor movement. And then the third thing is even those two things, we can't get to every employer. So we need to have a group of employers that we don't have to police. You know, we have to have a group of employers that we can count on to set good examples that can be the employers of choice that address this so that we're not having to police every single employer in the country. And, and, you know, there are employers that I would throw a shout out to for their overall work environment and not to say that they don't have problems, but employers like a Costco, you know, that not only do they pay extremely well, but, but, you know, they're, they're known for having a very positive workplace culture. And, you know, as a result of those two things combined, they're one of the most efficient uh, companies, you know, uh, across the country. And, and so, we need at least those three things, um, macro level, 
And that fourth thing that we need at the micro level is your culture has to be one of inclusiveness, one of dignity, one of respect. And once you create a culture that's opposite of that, it's uh, very, very difficult to solve. But it can be. And we can help Kroger's do that and we can help Local 75 do that. Um, be willing. Yes. Uh, here's a question that maybe one of you can answer. Um, for those who worked at Kroger in the past few years, what were your opinions on the hourly conditioning announcements? <laughs> Annoying. The comment was they thought it was passive, passive aggressive form of micromanagement. Oh yeah. I mean, it kind of, it's, it's kind of funny. Actually, it kind of reminds me of a, a little bit of a big brother, you know, very dystopian, you know, the announce, <laughs> just the announcing over the thing. Where's that? Where's that coming from? Whose voice is that? You know, it's very, um, yeah, it's very, very Orwellian. Um, yeah. So they're, they're definitely not the only one that kind of gets that vibe. Cause I, I totally, totally get that. 1984. That's what it reminds me of. Fair enough. <laughs> I think, and it's, we're, it's far off. I mean, honestly. Yeah, I think that's the answer they were looking for. So I think you nailed it. So, um, one thing I want to ask you, Erica, um, you know, you have done just by, you know, the boots on the ground stuff I've seen you do, you know, helping Jana with the social media and whatnot. You do a really, really good job, you know, of getting that stuff out there. And I love the fact that you're fairly aggressive about it, you know, in a good way. So I just really, really want to commend you for that. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> that means a lot. And Jana's a great partner. She's very, uh, very easy to, to work with, you know, and she listens and she's got uh, heart and tenacity. She's a lion. She's more of a lioness than I am. <laughs> Speaking of that, Jenna, what would you like to say? I have so many things <laughs> to say always. Um, it's a crying shame that with, as I, the point that I was driving toward earlier, that Rodney McMullen makes $22 million a year, and he has not put any form of implementation to prevent something like this happening in his stores at all. The incredible amounts of money that they, that Kroger is spending on putting out those articles on how to be more resilient in the workplace, and all of the little... If you're feeling down at work, we want to make sure we're here for you. We're feeding the human spirit. Do you know how much money they're spending on these uh, the, the companies that are doing that for them? You know, these aren't even Kroger employees. They're hiring these huge companies to do this for them. And it's insulting. It's highly insulting to these highly educated frontline workers that this is what they're getting. I mean, it's a joke. Kroger needs to stop doing those ridiculous um, tactics, put money in their frontline employees' pockets instead of doing that, and put things in place that actually work. Because if things were in place that actually worked, Evan Seyfried would be getting ready to celebrate his birthday with his girlfriend. Correct. And to, to add to that, um, Jana, um, putting you know their little two cents in here and there, 
September, as you remember, was um, Suicide Awareness Month. And they actually did put out a little blip about mm -hmm. that. And I just kind of had to chuckle to myself a little bit, you know, because I'd actually never seen that shared or posted before from them. So I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, we did quite a few little bandwagon, but then on the flip side, didn't, you know, put anything out there as far as really any resources to even generate, you know, that uh, concern or even conversation, you know, it's just like blindly putting these things out there and then not engaging with, uh, you know, associates or, or fellow coworkers. It's very, uh, it's just not genuine. Do you feel like this stuff's reactive? Um, to like everything's you know that's gone on it's not like they're they really mean what they're they're saying obviously but you got with like the king yeah, super I, strike and you know with what's going on with justice for evan it just seems like throwing band-aids out there oh yeah yeah i mean it's you know if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem right and if you keep putting band-aids you know over um a big gash well you know you're gonna bleed out anyway so it's not really helping and you know it, it would be nice for companies corporations in general to put things out there of their own volition not because they have to not because it's trending or there's a hashtag or whatever you know do it because you give a shit you know kroger used to give a shit they don't give a shit now um and they need to remember like you know the, the, the long-term loyal employees that have actually put in a lot of time, blood, sweat, tears, um, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you know, invested um, within this company. And, you know, they, that's not, that seems to go unnoticed or unrecognized, you know, it's just, it's dehumanizing. You know, we talk, we mentioned that term quite a bit um, and it is very, dehumanizing it's like oh well thanks for 40 years you know don't let the door you know hit your ass on the way out or here's a little bit of a pension adios and it's you know it, that's not family you know Kroger used to be a family um it's a it's a very dysfunctional family now mind you but um it's just not um it's not even just a job it used to be a career for some people and it's not even just a job um because jobs aren't supposed to suck you lifeless they're really not I don't think so um, so yeah, we got a long way to baby, but, um, I think, you know, there's so many of us that have the drive and the willingness and the networking and the resources and awesome people like Jerry Carbo from NWBC and obviously you, Steve, that has this awesome podcast to be a voice for, in a platform for workers. So thank you for that. Um, and I think, you know, speaking of we're all in this together, you know, Kroger likes to use that term it's an empty statement that they say it, but when we say it, we actually mean 100 percent <laughs> dead on. Yeah. Yeah. None of us knew each other for you listeners. Um, Erica reached out. I'm a close friend of the Seyfried family and have been for 20 years. And when Kroger did not do the right thing and actually take accountability for Evan's death, then they messed with the wrong family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kroger messed with the wrong family. For all those, all those families who 
all those employees who have been abused by Kroger, who don't have uh, a friend like me <laughs> who's going to stand up and, and speak out if their family member ends up dying and then actually can't have the whereabout to start a social justice campaign and then actually has the fortune to have an incredible human being from another state across the country reach out and say, let me help you. And then next thing you know, just this team of amazing good people are saying, We're, let's help you, let's help you, let's help you, let's help you. Do you think that um, the bad side, do you think that's happening for them? No, they're going to drown. Because the good people, we all come together. And the bad people, they kill each other. That's what they do. They just continue to shut each other out. Because as Jerry had referenced earlier, that one out of 100 managers are psychopaths. Guess how many one out of four CEOs are psychopaths? So they're not on the same team. They're all just trying to scrapple their little way, stepping on each other up the ladder. People cannot survive like that. And what Kroger gives to us, those little droplets of, you know, suicide prevention, you know, little tags here and there, that's so patronizing. I mean, show us that you actually really regret what happened to Evan Seifried. You show us that. Stop giving us all those little bullcrap little statements. I'm tired of those. All your employees are tired of those. Stop spending money on that. Come forward. Say you are accountable for Evan Seifried's death and you need to change. And we're going to stay on top of you until, I'm talking to Kroger, until you change. And then we're going to make sure that you are changed, that you stay, stay good. <laughs> because we know you don't want to be. We know you have to be forced to do it. It's not going to come because you want to. And Rodney McMullen came from Eastern Kentucky. I came from Eastern Kentucky. And Rodney McMullen, shame on you. Shame on you. All of us who are proud Appalachian people are shame on you. You worked your way up. You worked your way up. You went to the University of Kentucky. I lived right down the road from University of Kentucky. Those are my people. Those are my family's people. And it is a righteous embarrassment that you have not stood up and done the right thing. I mean, where is your Eastern Kentucky heart, Rodney McMullen? Where is it? It's not in you anymore. It died and money replaced it. Your heart bleeds green, not red. Um, there's a comment that came over from Hero130, and I think it sums you two up perfectly. She said, can you imagine... If all Fortune 500 companies had just two people as passionate and active about their employees as Jana and Erica, what a different place those companies would be. Thank you. Wow, thank you. I agree. I do too. <laughs> yes. A smart, smart viewer. Very smart viewer. Probably a Kroger employee too. Because we're very skilled and smart <laughs> like that. So <laughs> we are. And there's, and there's a whole lot more of us out there. There's a whole lot more of us out there, and they're just, they'll, they'll come on board. They'll come on board because our team just continues to grow and continues to grow. And on March 9th, there's going to be a whole lot of us standing on state house steps across the country, screaming, 
justice for Evan Seifried, justice for all these employees who are being abused right now. 16-year-old girls are being abused under Joseph Pig, who has been promoted to a store manager in Goshen, Ohio. That's what Kroger is doing for sexual harassers. And anyone who's listening to the podcast and thinks, oh, surely Kroger wouldn't do that. Surely this is all just like, you know, surely not. This is all just rumor. This must just be all gossip. Let me tell you, 16-year-old girls are being abused at Kroger by managers and no one cares except for the people who are standing up for them outside of the stores. No one in the store is standing up for these employees. And it is unbelievable. It's just unbelievable that Kroger would rather say, oh, we're going to save face because there's a lawsuit against us that's mentioning these two managers' names instead of actually protecting young girls. I mean, this is unbelievable that we are living in this world. It's just... It's, I mean, think about that. Think about that for a second. Yeah, and when you're talking about minors, then you're dealing with a whole other set of bocce balls, you know? Like, and I also wonder, like, do these minor employees, do they ever go home and tell their parents about this stuff? And if so, why aren't the parents marching in those stores and beating the hell out of people like him, quite honestly? I think that- All of you, all three of you are, are, parents you know i mean you know that i also wonder about that i mean it because you're you're dealing with criminal territory there you know that's when the cops should be called screw corporate that's not even a well, corporate they've probably issue. been intimidated to not say a word to anybody well then there's something weird going on in the state of ohio that's all i gotta say it's like the twilight zone because there's that doesn't fly in a lot of areas, like, so I don't know what the hell is going on in, in Ohio. And y'all, y'all got something going on there. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's in the water. I don't know if it's in the air, but you guys need to check yourself and check quick because y'all are effed up. Well, with this, <laughs> along with a lot of other things, I, I feel like, you know, the overall working conditions and climate for employees, I mean, we're we're reaching an apex of where we're, we're on the cusp of major good change. And it's only going to take a few dominoes to fall before we see that shift. And it's grassroots movements like what you guys are doing and, and, you know, what the NWBC does. It's it's a constant, you know, foot on the throat pressure. We're closer now than we have ever been, okay? But there's still a lot of work to do. And, you know, I believe everything that, that you three do, you know, is key in getting us there. And, you know, whether it be Ohio or not, I mean, I've seen situations like that, you know, all over. Unfortunately, I think that there's a lot of people out there that think they can take advantage of young people and they can scare them and to be like, you know, they could make up some, they could put them in some sort of compromising position that would be embarrassing to them if it was exposed and they dangle that, you know, over their head for their silence. And, and and it yeah. becomes a training ground too is one of my concerns uh you know uh this is what workers grow up 
thinking that this is just what happens in the workplace. And, you know, and kids don't know what their rights are. 16, 17, 18. I asked my my, uh, business school students at the age of 21, what are your rights in the workplace? And they don't know. So to expect, you know, 16 and 17, 18 year old kids to, to know what it is, they just don't stand a chance. And and so much of what I see, you know, makes me think back to the, you know, the mantra of the early industrialization period where employers, you know, just blatantly would say, why hire a man for a dollar when you can hire a child for a dime? And I think we're still seeing that today. And a big part of it is not necessarily the pay, but why hire somebody who might question what you're doing to them when if you hire a kid they're just not going to and 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 Mm -hmm. and, you know it's a big part of addressing this is is protecting the children that is a great point and that's a lot of what we're going to do is to make sure that all employees in all workplaces and we're starting with kroger know know what their rights are. Kroger managers take employees, these young kids behind closed doors to have meetings with them. They they don't require that there's someone else in the room with them. What? That's uh, unbelievable that they don't do that. That that it it needs to be plastered. Big posters in the break room where customers can see it as well, right in the store. Employees, these are your rights. Anyone, if you see these rights being broken, this is a number for you to call. And you know what? It's not going to be some helpline where someone in Indonesia answers the phone like it is right now. Little teeny tiny letters, and these are your rights in a, in a handbook somewhere. Like if you're having a, a problem and the union ignores you and you're everybody's abusing you and you look and, and you call a helpline, it's the same helpline number that if you got rotten cottage cheese as a customer, you'd call. But you know what? If uh, you're a 16-year-old girl who happens to be uh, ha- have large breasts and your supervisor comes up and is peeking down your shirt and making comments about your breasts, then that's the same helpline that you call. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Kroger's is backwards and the only reason why they are backwards is because they don't care about their employees at all they only care about money because Rodney McMullen only cares about money if he cared about his employees then all that would just all trickle down and management would not I mean management would not dare abuse employees because they would know they're out. You can't, they wouldn't be even hired because there'd be better background checks. And if they'd come from another store, they would have seen they abuse employees. People don't just, managers don't just get into a job in one store and then decide that they're going to start abusing people. I mean, these are just bad people. They're just hiring horrible people. And then they get fed to be awful you know, more and more because nothing happens to them. And as you noted, Jerry, the narcissistic personality, that's what they love. That's what they love. They just feed off that. And Kroger is a breeding ground now for this. And Evan was the whistleblower in the toxic work environment and was driven relentlessly to end his life for it. Jerry, I have a question for you. 
Um, you know, Jana makes a really good point about employees knowing their rights. Now, am I correct in thinking that the biggest threat to employee rights are signing arbitration agreements as a condition of employment? Yeah. So, I mean, there are a number of threats, right? But these these pre-dispute arbitration agreements should be banned. Um, you know, there there might be some justification for after a dispute occurs to say to both parties, hey, do you want to arbitrate this? But these pre-dispute arbitration agreements uh, strongly favor employers. There's repeat player effect that occurs. Um, and it really, it, it also destroys our entire legal system, which is built on precedents right? So, so we never see these cases come forward, which would say, here are the standards of what we need to be doing. Of course, then we have a whole problem, even if they do come forward with a, a broken legal system. You know, uh, way too many judges are uh, spent their whole careers privileged white males in, in, in everything that they've done. And so they, they rule from that perspective. But yes, those are huge. Non-disclosure agreements also are a huge problem when, you know, when companies do decide to to settle claims um but yeah uh, the the pre-dispute arbitration agreements that are oftentimes simply part of you know signing up at orientation mm-hmm. here's a sheet you need to sign and uh and the courts have said well that's enough of an exchange to make that a contract and i'm not seeing the consideration really exchanged there it's to me it's a contract of cohesion and they should have been uh, banned long ago yeah because no 16 year old's gonna know what the hell that is correct yes mm-hmm. nice all right guys so we are sitting at an hour nine and what i want to do is go around and let each of you give your closing statements um i will start with uh jerry yeah. So, you know, just a couple of things I think, you know, people need to be aware of. One, bullying does not occur unless organizations allow it. Um, and so employers and the bullies have to be held accountable. Bullying does not end on its own. You know, it doesn't end unless there's something to put a stop to it. And too oftentimes in our society, it's the target leaving their work and we need to put an end to that. They shouldn't be the ones that have to leave. And we should never have a tragedy like we see uh, in Evan's case. That should never occur. Uh, today, I wore a short shirt during uh, my, my teaching that said, what you allow is what will continue. And I hope everybody listening to this will think about that. Because if we allow this to continue, it sure will. And so don't allow this to continue. Join with us. Go to our website. Sign up so that you can help us to lead these marches on March 9th throughout the country so that you can participate in these, so that we can protect the basic human right to dignity for all workers. That's all we're asking for, the most basic human right to be protected. Awesome. Erica? Closing statement. Um, just, um, I don't know. I didn't think about Sorry, closing surprise. statement. <laughs> 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 no, that's okay. Um, yeah, we're just going to keep plugging away, doing what we're doing. Um, and we hope to have even more people jump on board because grassroots movement or not this is a movement at this point um and it's about time that um 
we put the movement back in labor movement <laughs> and you know just uh, essential workers are not essentially forgotten anymore and we need to hold all these corporations all these toxic employers accountable because it's unnecessary there's no need for it um and you know just i hope to see solidarity again or even stronger amongst um all workers not just kroger but you know all essential workers across the country and we've got a the march 9th um national um protest coming up and we'll be posting more about that very soon just trying to get our ducks in a row um where everybody in each state can you know have a voice have a platform and um show solidarity and and be a, a show of force that way and um yeah um follow the page we're on instagram twitter facebook um and we hope to see you out there feel free to message us anytime join the group and um if anybody at work is giving you shit just document 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 absolutely jana Yes, as Erica said about the March 9th, anyone who wants to participate, um, in, no matter what state that you are in, message us and we will tell you that we have a lead protester in every state and we will get you in contact with the lead so that you can meet up with them and, and, uh, and join and we value and appreciate so much every every single person who has come out to the candlelight vigil, um, Evans Memorial uh, at the end of the summer last year, um, the big protest that we had here, um, all of the supporters who have followed the Facebook page um, message us in support and supporting us personally as well. And they're um, sending their messages to the Seyfried family. It means so much. What the Seyfrieds have lost is incomprehensible for people. I mean, Evan was an incredible person. Um, he was his mother's very best friend. They made meals together every Sunday. Um, when pandemic started, they started making a dessert together. Uh, the, there's a photograph that we've put out a lot. We stopped putting many photographs on um, the Facebook page because that's why I encourage people to go back and look at the photographs that we had put up initially, um, it, it's incredibly painful for the family to see pictures that come up, you know. Um, it's a very difficult thing. You know, his mother wants to look at the Facebook page, but she doesn't want to look at it, you know, and we want to protect her. And it's very, very, it was very damaging for her to be seeing photographs. Um, they're, they're in grief, they're ex grieving. You know, these people are not going about their lives. They have not started living. You know, if you think about someone who has lost a loved one and then you picture them like going about their life after, you know, it's been almost a year, they're, you know, they're not, they're not, they're suffering. They're really, really suffering. His mother lost her very best friend. They talked on the phone 
every single day. They're all very close. They're very close nuclear family, two kids and a mom and dad. And they're very, very close, all of them. Um, and it's just been absolutely a devastating loss. And I know that on, on a separate note, I know that um, Evan's abusers were, this is a nightmare for their, for his abusers. This is a nightmare when Shannon and Joseph and the other members of the ring who were abusing him to his death, they never once thought in a million years that justice for Evan would start. They just thought they didn't, they weren't thinking. They only had their own agenda. They weren't thinking about his life at all. And then when the lawsuit was filed, you know, they're like, oh crap. Well, I'm sure Kroger's going to take care of us. I'm sure Kroger's going to take care of us. So this will just get swept under the rug. And then next thing you know, their names are being splattered all over social media and everyone's knowing that they're an abuser and then there's an entire national campaign, uh, Justice for Evan Seifrey, the, the man who they drove to his death. This is an absolute nightmare for them and we are really happy about that. We want to be their nightmare. They, they drove Evan Seifrey, a man with no mental illness, who had bought a plane ticket to go and visit his brother in Oregon, who was living a wonderful life until Shannon Frazee became his store manager. And then a six-month campaign to drive him insane. <laughs> and, to, and then had an episodic break and took his life. So we we know that, the, that those abusers now are... Um, very uncomfortable and um they should it, we we want them to be thinking about evan seifried every moment of every day and uh on a final note um i want to thank um the seifried family for the beautiful picture mm -hmm. that they um provided for us for the podcast, that is Evan. He loved animals, and that's Evan with Maggie. Maggie is his mom and dad's cat, um, and uh, Maggie's not a big people person, but she sure is an Evan person, an Evan cat, and she she loved Evan, and she loved it. He had just the right way with her, and uh, he loved going over to his parents' house and seeing Maggie and loving on Maggie, and that's a beautiful picture of them together. And um, thank you, Steve, so much. Uh, thank you, Jerry, and thank you, Erica, and thank you uh, for all the supporters out there. Um, I could not do any of this at all without any of you, even though I still would be doing it. Well, what I want to say is I find myself very honored to be part of this. Uh, I've met some great people along the way. And, you know, I think the networking of just how all this went down has been a beautiful thing. You know, I appreciate all three of you for what you're doing. Um, I want everybody to know, you know, don't look at this as a one and done. You know, you guys, if something comes up and you need a night, this isn't like, okay, we did justice for Evan day and it's over. No, no. Anytime that you have something to say, you just reach out to me and we'll make it happen. 
You know, I've said before, you know, we try to hear, be the voice for the voiceless. And a lot of what you guys have touched on tonight, you know, about advocating, you know, for what happened to Evan and to make sure it doesn't happen again, or the 16-year-olds that aren't telling their parents, you're giving them a voice that they don't have. And, you know, I want to thank all of you for what you guys have done. Um, You know, keep fighting the good fight. Now, Jenna, I just want to ask, uh, I see your Justice for Evan shirt. Is that something that can be purchased? I'd be happy to send your shirt. Um, yes, anyone. We're setting up like a place where people can um, just order a shirt, um, but that hasn't gotten into the full works yet. You know, it's a it's a real it's a real it's a real strange thing. You know, like having merchandise. You know, like when we had the before the. Um, the candlelight vigil, um, you know, this is all new to me. I'm a Pilates instructor. You know, this isn't what I, I'm not, a, I'm not a, 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 an activist for a living. Right. <laughs> you know, I just happen, I just happen to love the cypherates. You know? um, and uh, so I just ordered 50 shirts, you know, for as inexpensive as I could get them, you know? And um, so it's, and so the, like the, thought of like having a merchandise shop and it's all just really surreal you know so we're just we're just we're just moving as we feel ethically okay with you know and um and so just give just just give me a little bit of background about like shirts i'd be happy to send anybody a shirt who wants one just um they can get in touch with us on the Facebook page um, or, or Instagram or Twitter and uh, give, us, give me their address and I'll send them a shirt. Awesome. From- now, one thing that none of us mentioned tonight that is also going to be in the description of the video is the petition. And oh, so you. that's listed down below when this video, you know, goes from being a live state, you know, to just like static. Um, if you have not signed, please go sign. Um, I think Jan is still hovering around, you know, 500 signatures needed. Yes. We're almost at 10,000 signatures. Um, we, it's, it, you know, and it's not that 10,000, you know, it says on the petition, you know, 10,000 signatures, you know, the, you're more likely to make change, but that's not, it's, it's almost more like a really symbolic for us. Like, we want 10,000 signatures, you know, we, we want 10,000 signatures on there too, so that, you know, we can hand that, print off every single signature and send that directly to Rodney McMullen, you know, and hopefully that'll just increase to, to 20,000 before we know it. <laughs> because I'm such a believer that, um, like, we've got all the good people on our side, you know, and good and like, wouldn't you hate to be on the bad mm-hmm. side, <laughs> you know, like we're on the good side. Um, and, you know, to, to all the people who are listening to this, aren't you sad that you're on the bad side? Wouldn't you rather be on our side, you know? And, um, only one and we just, side, want, and that's our right. side. <laughs> yeah. And we want, uh, you know, that petition just is more and more numbers for people who can't be right here with us that, hey, 
look at all these people here on our good side who want to be here with us and who are supporting us. And it means so much to, you know, to all that support. The Seyfrieds feel all that support. That is awesome. Yeah. And also to add real quick, you know, there's, there's no justifying what the other side did. There's no justification for it. None. They could try all that. There's, there's absolutely none. It is reprehensible what they have done. Yes. And I, and I think I have the best comment for you and Jana. I think this is the perfect way to end this. You were just talking about sides. Good friend blame tag says, I'd really hate to be on Jana and Erica's bad side. Kroger's kind of fucked. I think. Yeah. Yep. 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 Awesome. All right. So thank y'all so much for being here. Um, the audio only will go up probably in the next couple of hours or whatnot, and I'll post it in all the appropriate places, and I will tag, you know, I'll send it to you and uh, Janet and Erica, and we'll we'll get all that together so you can spread it or whatnot. Thank you for what you're doing. Jerry, thank you so much for what your organization does. Thank you again, Steve. So everybody have a great night. We'll be hearing from all of y'all soon. Everybody be safe, and keep the Seyfried family in your prayers. Have a good night. Peace.